Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. Signify you in this place, because truly, God, you are a good, good God. You are a good, good Father. We thank you, Father God, for your Son, Jesus, who shed his blood on Calvary for the remissions of sin. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. We thank you, Father God, that he who knew no sin became sin for us so we could become the righteousness of God through him. And God, I'm grateful and I'm thankful, God, because the Bible said, for by grace are we saved through faith and not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. So God is nothing that we have done. It's all what Jesus have done on our behalf. So Father, on today, I thank you that we have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. And God, you shall get all the glory. You shall get all the honor and all the praise on your, through your word on today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you will, please open your Bibles to a very familiar um, passage of scripture, which is Romans 12. And I am going to be reading verse 1 through verse 2. Romans 12. Verse 1 through verse 2, and I'm reading the New King James Version. Again, Romans 12, verse 1 and verse 2. And the word of God now reads, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You may be seated. This morning, I want to talk about change. Change. Throughout the week as I sit before God and You know, I ask God, I say, God, what do you want for your people? But I know that when I ask God, what does he want for his people? I'm the first partaker of whatever God give me to give you. So as I was sitting there and sitting before the Lord, and it's good sometime to be still before God. So you will know that he is God. So when you still, God will begin to speak to you through his word. So when he brought this passage of scripture back to me in Romans 12, 1 and 2, sometimes we can look over scripture and we just read it, but we don't pay attention to it. We don't meditate on it because it's always something in the scriptures that God is saying. So we want to get everything out of the scriptures that God is saying. 
And when God began to talk to me about change, he let me know change is to make something or someone different. To make something or someone different. And then God began to speak to me. How many in this room have said, I want more? How many? Raise your hand. How many in this room say, I want change? I'm tired of the same thing. Now, the problem with that, y'all know I'm going to come back, right? Because God come back with me. All of us want change when it comes to a marriage. We want change when it comes to relationships. We want change when it comes to our finances. We want change on our job. We want change with our children. We want change. We want more. We get tired of getting up doing the same thing. Over and over again, we know our routines, it's the same thing, and and you're saying, God, it's more, it's more than just this. Come on, how many? It's more than just this, God. It got to be more than just this. And the Lord said, we do the same thing over and over again, but we expect different results. I want y'all to follow me. We do the same thing over and over again but we expect different results come on is that true we pray the same prayer over and over and over again so we're expecting some different results from that same prayer but there's something wrong some of us don't we've said we want change but we don't like change hello Some of us say we want change, but we don't like change. And change that I'm talking about starts inside out, not outside in. The changes that some of us look for is from the outside. Amen. But it's an inward change that need to take place within us. So if the change take place within us, We can live based on the change that come from within. But if you're waiting on an outside change, you're going to have a problem. And I think that's what most of us wait on. We we want quick fixes. We want it to happen quick. The money looking funny. I need money quick. The bank account is low. I need money quick. I need a change. Oh, Lord, you said if I give, it shall be given unto me. Lord, you said you supply all of my need according to your riches and glory. I want change. I need a man. I'm getting old. I want change. I'm tired of being by myself. I want change. I'm tired of the mate I'm with. I need some change. I'm tired of these children acting crazy. I need change. So the Lord began to speak to me about this very passage, and I'm going to go back through it. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, and I'm going to tell you how your change comes. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. He's talking about Christians, the saints, brothers and sisters in Christ, by the mercies of God. See, Paul was coming at them through the mercies of God, through what God has already done. He was letting them know. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice. 
He said, if you know my mercy, if you know his mercy, if you know what he done for you, if you know what you deserve, but he didn't punish you for that. He put it all on Jesus. You can make your body a living sacrifice. He said, holy and acceptable unto me. That's your reasonable service, but he just didn't leave you like that. He said, I'm going to show you how to make your body a living sacrifice. Come on, we want change, right? We got to get out of the lazy mode. We got to get out of the mode, always want somebody to do something for you when God has laid it out for you to do. We act like God hasn't done anything. We're praying to him over and over and over and over again about we want this and we want that. Come on. That ain't how it work. So he said, I'm going to tell you how you do this thing. He said, the first thing in order to make your body a living sacrifice, you cannot be conformed. To this world, when we look at that word conformed, it means to be shaped in. Do not be shaped by, conformed, to be pressed into the mold of this world. So that means, y'all, now that we're born again, those that have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, you don't look to what the world is doing. You cannot go on the patterns of this world. You got to go on who you are. Now that you're in Christ, you are different. This is a spiritual thing, not a natural thing. Even though you live naturally in a physical body, you have to do things according to the spirit, not according to your flesh. That's when change comes. Come on, I'm going to help somebody. We got too much stuff going on in the church. And the devil is coming in the church and he's doing things that we are allowing him to do because we're not where we need to be. But we're hollering, I want change. So we look at, he said, you can't be shaped. You can't be patterned after this world. He said, but this is what you need to do. He said, I want you to be transformed. Listen at what he's saying. And and expanded Bible said, do not be shaped by, conformed to, pressed into a mold by this world age. Instead, be changed within. Transformed by a new way of thinking. Changing the way you think. First of all, when we got born again, we were born of the spirit. That means that. When we were sinners, the spirit in us was dead. There was no life there in that spirit. But when we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we became born again. That spirit in us, um, the Holy Spirit connected with that dead spirit, made it anew. So that's where that newness come from in life. That's how you born again, born of the spirit. So being that we're born of the spirit, born of God, everything we need, God has placed it within us in our spirit. So the part of us that we got to connect to is the spirit that's within us. And the only way we can make a connection is through renewing our mind. And this is what the enemy does not want us to do. Because as long as you are kindly minded... Fleshly minded, he know that represents death. 
He said, as long as I can keep them carnally minded, as long as I can get them to press into what the world is doing, they're going to always have death. He even know that a spiritually minded person will have life and will have peace. So if you are going by what the world is doing, how the world is speaking, how the world is acting, you are carnally minded. That's not spiritually minded. I want to be spiritually minded. I want to have life and peace. That's when change comes. So he said, you have to be transformed Change by the renewing of your mind, a new way of thinking, then you will be able to decide, to discern, test, and approve what God wants for you. His will, you will know what is good and pleasing to him and what is perfect. The problem that's going on amongst believers is we're not renewing our mind according to the word, we're renewing our mind according to the world. We're staying where the world is instead of being where God wants us to be. We're doing what the world is saying to do, but you got to understand you're born from above. You're not born, born of this world. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new according to 2 Corinthians 5.17. We don't do things according to the world. We do it according to God. And if we're going to do it according to God, we're doing it according to his word. And if you're not in the word of God to know who you are now that you are in Christ, guess what's going to happen? You're going to act like the world. You're going to solve things like the world solves things. You're not going to go by the way God does things. People want change and they're begging for change, but they're not doing what needs to be done for that change to happen in their lives. Come on, if you've been for 20 years in a state of mind that ain't right, it ain't God's fault. It is your fault because God has given you everything you need for that to change. I remember when we first started the ministry, I had to stay before God to see what God wanted, not what I wanted to do. And some of the things that he wanted to do, it didn't seem like it was possible. Because I'm saying, God, it's going to take this to do that. But God said, what did I say? So I had to go on what he was saying instead of going on what the world say it should be. And when you walk by faith and not by sight, you don't walk by natural You walk by supernatural. That means I'm calling those things that be not as though they were if you want change to come. See, you got to understand God created this world out of nothing and made something. He made something out of nothing. So what God had to do, he didn't look at how it was. God spoke how he wanted it to be. We're spending too much time looking at how things are instead of spending time in the word and speaking it like God wanted it to be. We're spending too much time talking about one another, mummering and complaining instead of rising up and speaking truth over the situation. So you want change. I'm going to bring you some change. Y'all, we're living in a fallen world. We're the church. We're the ones that people are supposed to see a difference. We don't supposed to be like the world. 
We don't supposed to answer like the world. We don't supposed to get things from the world and bring it in the church. We're the church. The church is different. We have a different makeup. We have a different way of doing things. Not because this place does it. That don't mean that's what we do. We don't pattern the world. We pattern the kingdom. We want to know what the kingdom is doing in this day and this hour. Because God said, I know the plans I have for you. He said, plans to prosper you. Plans to bring you good and not evil. Plans to bring you a hope and a future. See what was going on with God's people? They kept messing up over and over again. They kept repenting. And then they'll go back and mess up again. So God sent them into Babylon. And when they went into Babylon, they thought through a prophet, a false prophet, he said, you're going to come out. God said, don't you believe them lying prophets? He said, what did I tell you? He said, I want you to build houses. I want you to plant vineyards. I want you to live in this place because you're not coming out until the time is up. See, people want change. When things are happening in your life, you want change. But you got to understand things happen in your life for a reason. And sometimes you got to go through something to get where God want to carry you. But some of us don't want to go through because we think that we're saved. We think that we're holy than thou, that things can't come to our house. But when they come to your house, I'm here to tell you, God will let light shine and darkness and change will come. So stop thinking that this person has got more than me or, you know, I should have what they have. God know what you need. That don't mean just because they got that you got to have. There's an appointed time for all things. So when we look back in the word of God, Proverbs 23, 7 say, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. See, your thinking has a lot to do with change in your life. If you think wrong, you're going to end up living wrong. But if you think right, you're going to end up living right. If you think according to the word of God, you're going to have Zoe life. You're going to have life. You're going to have it more abundantly, no matter what's happening around you. If you in the word of God and you bringing forth that word, change is happening in your life. But the thing is, we want quick fixes. We want things to happen right then. They already happened over 2,000 years ago. God already made things the way they need to be for us. It's in our spirit. So he said, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It's about changing your thinking. It's about renewing your mind according to the word of God. So as I was sitting there, go with me to 2 Peter Chapter 1, verse 2. Listen at this. May, great, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. I'm reading out the New Living Translation. You're going to get more grace and peace when you grow in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. The more knowledge you have about God, the more you begin to grow the more peace begin to come because the knowledge that you're getting from him has to come from the word of God. 
And if you're not in the word, this is why we have an isms and schisms in the body of Christ. You got some people in the word and you got some people out of the word. So when the ones that are in the word come together with the ones that are not, not in the word, you're going to have the vision because the ones that are not in the word going to be worldly. They're going to be carnally minded. That's death. But the ones that spend time in the word, spend time with God, and God is giving them knowledge and revelation, guess what's going to happen? It's going to be a war going on in the church. Why? Because everybody's not on one accord. You got to be on one accord. You got to be in one mind, the mind of Christ. You can't just be out of the word and think you're going to come in the house of God and try to tell somebody else what to do when you don't know what to do. I'm spiritually angry because we have allowed the devil to do too much. We have given him authority that was given to us. Did y'all know through the word of God in the beginning, when God created male and female in his image, he said, I'm giving you dominion. I'm giving you the right to reign. I'm giving you the right to rule over everything that I have created on this earth. He said, I want you to subdue it. I want you to be master over it. It is not, don't suppose to have master over you. So that means that everything that is not right, you got the authority to make it right through the word. But if you're not in the word, you're doing like the world is doing. You are mummering and you are complaining. By faith, we understand by faith, the worlds were framed by the word of God. He's upholding all things by his word. How do you think change is going to come if you're not using the word? Change began inwardly in your spirit. But God said, I want to come out of your spirit and I want to come through your flesh. So you can, I'm going back. You can then make your body a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. This is your reasonable service. This is your act of worship. You cannot make your body a living sacrifice. Who you really are in him until you renew your mind. Until until a change come in your mind. Did y'all not know before you accepted Jesus, you were up under Satan? You were up under the prince, the power of the air. He was the God of this world. We were up under him. And from the time we was in the womb, the Bible says that we were brought into this world in sin. And sin, our mothers conceived us. So that means when we come out, we were sinners. That means that we learned the ways of the world. We learned the ways of darkness, of the kingdom of darkness. Now, if you did not accept Jesus until your late 20s, come on, you got 20 years of mess. That you got to deal with. They got to be transformed and changed. And some of us are still covering up mess. Because we're not getting into the word of God. The word of God is going to come in and it's going to root up all of those things that you had to deal with in your childhood. That you dealt with in the womb. You got to know what you're dealing with. Some people don't want you to tell them that's a spirit of fear on you. I don't want you to speak that on me. I'm going to speak what I see. And we're going to deal with what I see. 
So I'm speaking to that spirit of fear that's attacking you. And I'm saying, I bind you in the name of Jesus. I command you to go in Jesus name. For God didn't give you the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. So you renewing. You're changing. You got to know what you're dealing with so you'll know how to handle it. You know how we'll go to a doctor. You'll go to a doctor for a physical or checkup, whatever doctor you go to. The first thing they're going to ask you is questions. How are you doing? Are you going through anything? Do you have, you tell them about your symptoms. If you never told them what your symptoms were, what medication would they give you? Hello, somebody. Come on, they got to know what you're going through to give you a diagnosis. You can't sit there. If you say nothing, you're going to leave out of there with nothing going on. If you say something, they're going to give you some kind of pill dealing with your something to bring a change. Hello, somebody. When you go in a doctor's office, you want to come out changed. Come on. You don't want to come out the same way you went in. You want to come out with an answer. You want to come out with a prescription. You want to come out with something to leap. I know I'm talking right. You don't go to them just to sit in front of them and they don't give you something. But you got to tell them something for change to come. Hello? See, people don't want to hear this, but I, I got to bring it to your attention. Now I want to bring this to your attention. And I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to say it with so much authority. You're living in a day and time that doctors don't know. They're trying to figure it out, and they're using you to figure out every step, and they're giving you medication, and then you coming back and say, this medication is changing me. Come on, somebody. I ain't like I was before I come up in here. I'm hallucinating. Feel like I can't catch my breath. Feel like I'm losing my mind. I know a change have come over me. I wasn't like this. Well, let's change it to something else. Okay, master. Because you trust that man or that woman with your body. But I got news for you, saints. The day you accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, the great physician came to live on the inside of you. And that great physician, he bought some healing balm. That great physician say, my son, if you pay attention to my words and you incline your ear unto my sayings and let them not depart from your eyes, but keep them in the midst of your heart. He said, they're going to bring life unto all those that find them. And they're going to bring medicine to all flesh. He said, that's my diagnosis for you today. I need for you to pay attention. And as you pay attention, he said, change is going to come from the inside out. Then why God don't have our attention like the world does? Why? Because we're depending too much on the world. What's the point of getting taught God's way and you're using man's way? But when man tell us a way, the Bible say there is a way that seems right. 
unto a man. But the Bible say it leads to death. We got so we trust anybody. We go into stores and just because people work in those stores, we trust them to tell us what you think is best. What you think I can use for this cough? And they just got hired. Don't know they left from their right, they right from their left. Don't even know where to go find it. And we sitting in there. Can you tell me what you think I need to use for this right here? And they telling you something that ain't even right. And you leave out of there just as happy. Because we putting too much trust in man more than we putting trust in God. This is why God says change. We're going to talk about change and what real change is. Because when we look at the word of God and we see now I'm not finished with that verse. It said, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord. Now, why do you see some people that financially they're just going on? They're living that Zoe life. And even though it ain't no money in the bank the way they want it to be, they're still living. How do you see people going through in their bodies and they're trusting God and they're still living? Because they have a knowledge of God. They have the knowledge of his word. How many people are you around no matter how bad it looks, they're still giving God glory? Because they have a knowledge of God. But this is the key. He said by his divine power. Verse 3. 2 Peter 1 verse 3. By his divine power. See God had to give us these things. God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellency. So everything we need to live a godly life, God has given it unto us. But in order to use what God has given us, he has put it in our spirit. Everything we need to live a godly life here on earth, we already have it in our spirit. But in order to pull it out of our spirit, we got to know what we have. And that comes through renewing your mind. The change takes place in your mind, but that ain't the end of it. Because when God was taking me through the word of God dealing with change, he took me back through with Abraham. Y'all know about old Abraham and Genesis 12. Abraham had to leave what he was familiar with for change to come. That's just like us before we got born again, before we accepted Jesus. We had to be willing to leave the way of the world, the God of the world. We had to be willing to leave all of that behind and accept Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. So he had to leave what he was familiar with. Because, see, they served other gods. So God called Abraham out from amongst them. And when he called him out, see, when God called you out of a place, God is going to give you a promise. He's going to let you know, just like he told Abraham, he said, now the Lord has said to Abram, get out of your country. 
from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I'm going to stop there. Some of us say we want change, but we don't want to get from around what we're around for change to come. You want to stay around what the world is doing, the partying, the cussing. You want to be around family that ain't willing to change, but you love your family so much. You want to bring your God in the midst of something, but you're praying every day for change. And God say, get from around them. Separate yourself. Be ye separated, says the Lord. We can love our family, but we don't need to be around ungodly things because we're disrespecting the God that's in us. You know that they party. You know that they drink. You know that they cuss. You know all of these things, but yet I need to be where my family is. You have a new family. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If you're not going in there by the spirit of the living God to bring change, then you don't need to be there. He told Abraham, you got to come from amongst them. Come on. He said, get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. God said, I want to show you, but I can't show you being amongst things that you, oh, I hear you, Lord. God said, you asking me for change, but you don't want to leave those things. You want to keep doing what you do because you think that's what make you. You want to be with who you be with because you feel like I don't want to be by myself. He said, you got to come out from amongst them. He said, once you come out from amongst them, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And then all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So it said, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him and Abram was 75 years old when he departed. So look at this. In order to get where God is taking you. In order to get what God has has already provided. Because God has already provided everything for all of us that we need. It's already written. Your life is already written. Every day you wake up, it was already written. So we need to get before God. We need to get in the word and say, God, what would you have for me to do today? Instead of doing things outside of what God has already written about you. The Bible say a man plans his way, but it is the Lord that directs his steps. Come on, we make plans every day, but is that what God wants you to do? Is that where God wants you to go? Is that the vacation that God wants you to take at this appointed time? Is that the house God wants you to purchase at this time? The more we get into the word... The Bible says that God will give us more grace and more peace for every situation that we may be in. So, y'all, we see that Abraham, he listened to God. He was obedient to God. But did Abraham have problems? Yes, he did. He done what God said. And change was taking place in Abraham's life. But he took Lot with him, and that was not part of what God wanted for Abraham. 
When he took Lot with him, this is why I say everything you do don't mean everybody else got to do it with you. He took Lot. There was strife between Lot's herdsmen and Abraham's herdsmen because both of them had great substance. And this is what Abraham did for change to come the way God wants change. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. Do you think that you're not going to have disagreements in church? Come on, somebody. Do you think everybody's going to agree with you all the time? Let's just, just settle this. No, they're not. I don't care what kind of position you hold. Somebody's going to always come at you because they feel like what you're saying or what you're doing ain't right. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But one thing that I have learned, when I know what my father has told me, it don't matter what you think. It don't matter what you say. It don't matter how you feel. Because I'd rather obey God than obey man. I'm not here to please man. I'm here to please my father. And until you go into the word of God and know who God is and know his will, you will stand up for what's right, which is righteousness. And you will love them. But you're not going to do what they tell you to do outside of the word. So what did Abraham do to bring change? He said, Lot, if you go left, I'll go right. Lot, if you go, if you go right, I'll go left. He gave him a choice. Why did Abraham give him the first choice? He said, because it don't matter where I go. Everywhere the soles of my feet tread, I'm going to possess that land because I have a promise from God. So it don't matter which way you choose. I know what God has told me. See, you got to know the word for yourself. And if you know the word for yourself, nobody won't be able to fool you. So y'all know what happened to old Lot. He chose the place that looked green. It looked so good. It was Sodom and Gomorrah. Things was happening in Sodom and Gomorrah. But look who had to help Lot. Abraham had to help Lot. When, you know, they came in there, y'all know that part, and he had to save Lot with 300 men. Abraham knew God. He had knowledge of God. So guess what? Change was all around Abraham. It don't matter what went on in Abraham's life. People saw change, and they knew he served a God that was not like their God. Because change was around Abraham. Then God didn't stop with me with Abraham dealing with change. He took me back to Joseph. And you know, sometimes you say, God, I know about old Joseph. We know what old Joseph done. He said, go back and read on Joseph. So when I went back and read on Joseph, y'all know Joseph was 17 years old. And it says that Jacob, he loved Joseph more than he loved the other brothers because he had him in his old age. So he would send Joseph to check on them. And Joseph would come back and give their daddy an evil report about what they did. Tell them what they should have done or, or whatever. So then one day, they were already mad at Joseph because he was a tattletale. Because he was going back and telling everything. So they already hated him. But then when Joseph began to tell them a dream that he had, God began to give Joseph a dream. And the dream basically was letting them know, y'all going to be bowing down to me. 
So they got hated him even the more because of his dream. Now I want y'all to follow along. So Joseph was so hated and he was hated even more. Where am I going with this? It may be somebody that you hate. Because you're thinking they're getting ahead of you. It may be on your job. It may be in the church. It may be, I don't know where else it could be. But it may even be in the family. Because you looking at your brother or sister and saying, Mommy and Daddy love them more. I hate you. You give them more than you give me. I hate you. So that hate began to build up. And then when they begin to tell you something that's happening good in their life, you hate them even the more. This is how it was with Joseph. So one day, God had sent Joseph out to find his brothers again. When they saw Joseph from afar off, they premeditated murder to kill him. So when they came to kill him, Reuben said, no, let's don't kill him. Let's just put him in the pit. But let me tell you something. Even though somebody put you in a place because of hate, wherever you are, God is there with you. And this was something that Joseph had to go through because God had already prepared him. See, this is why you have to be before God to get prepared for what's yet to come. I'm I'm talking something here today. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. You got to get before God to prepare yourself for what's yet to come. So when it come, you have more peace. Y'all don't get it. You have more peace because you have the knowledge of God and Jesus, your Lord. I'm going to say this again. Let me go back. Let me go back. Joseph was hated. He was more hated when he told them about the dream and they would bow down to him. They had to look up to Joseph. So when the daddy sent him to the brothers, the brothers already said, let's kill him. But Reuben said, no, let's put him in a pit. But even though he was in the pit, he had something to hold on to. Come on, somebody, wake up. Even though he was in a dark place, some of y'all are in a dark place. But when you have the word of God, you got something to hold on to, even in the dark place. And I believe Joseph remembered what God had told him in that dream. I'm going back because somebody need to hear me today. Father, I speak right now in the name of Jesus. I speak, God, that the spirit of wisdom and and revelation is in this room. And I speak that the eyes of their understanding is being enlightened. So they may know, God, what is the riches of your glory. God, I just thank you that they're going to know their inheritance, God. They're going to know, God, what you have given them from you on today. Joseph was in the pit. Some of y'all are in a pit. Some of y'all are in a pit. You're surrounded with darkness. But because you know the word of God, it can't hold you. So they kept him in the pit. And Reuben didn't want, he said put him in the pit because he didn't want him to kill him. But then here come Judah. When he was in the pit, he saw the Ishmaelites coming. He said, let's, I tell you what, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites. We're going to sell him to the Ishmaelites. They sold him to the Ishmaelites. Don't that remind you of Jesus? Don't that remind you how Judas sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver? But see, Jesus had a word from the Lord. See, Jesus knew what God had told him. He knew his mission. 
So Joseph had a word of the Lord. They sent him with the Ishmaelites. He was in Pharaoh's house, but I got something to tell you, y'all. I don't care what place you are in. When you're trusting God, you're holding on to the word. God going to give you favor with your worst enemies. So they put him in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar put him in charge of everything he had in his house, except his wife. And Joseph knew that. But how many know that when God gives you a word and change is coming, that the devil is going to use whatever he can to upset that change? But because Joseph knew God, because he had knowledge of the word of God, he had that promise that God had given him, even when Potiphar's wife came at him, he ran from her. Because he said, I can have everything in this house except you. He was holding on to the word. See, that's change right there in front of Joseph. So she lied on him. Some of y'all may have been lied on. You may have been talked about. I know I have. But you know what? Because of the word that God has given me, I focus on what God says and not on what the enemy is saying. It's like Daniel. When they wanted Daniel to bow down. And they wanted him to worship, you know, to worship Nebuchadnezzar instead of worshiping God. Don't pray to no other God except him. Daniel said, oh, no, I always got before my God. I'm paraphrasing this, and you're not going to stop me from doing it. He bowed down and opened the windows towards Jerusalem. Y'all know Jerusalem mean peace, right? So he still prayed to his God in, in spite of what they were doing and what they said. They put him in the lion's den. But Daniel had so much faith in God, he knew change was coming. So Daniel went in that lion's den. He had the king praying for him. All night that king couldn't sleep because God turned his heart towards Daniel. But then he went the next day. Oh, Daniel, oh, Daniel, did your God save you? And Daniel let him know an angel came in and shut the lion's mouth. Did not change come. Wasn't Daniel in a situation that it looked like he couldn't get out of? But because he trusted God, because he knew the word of God, change came. But he knew change was coming before it came. And that's what the word of God does. When you hold on to the word, no matter if the storm is right there and you're in the midst of the storm, just like Jesus was in the midst of the storm with his disciples, they were panicking because of the storm. And they say, Master, Master, don't you care? And he got up and he rebuked the winds. And he said, Peace, be still. Change came. But change was already there. So God is saying today, so getting back to Joseph, Joseph went to prison. God gave him favor in prison. He ended up interpreting two dreams. Later on, y'all know he went from the pit to the palace. But Joseph had some trouble. He had some turmoil. But God gave him a word. I'm here to tell y'all, you have to have the word of the Lord to live in the day and time that we're living in. Y'all, some of y'all are taking this to play with. Some of you don't even pick up your bite. You pick up food more than you pick up the word. Oh, yeah. People look at the word like it ain't important no more. And the word is what gives you life. The word is what quicken you to give you life. The enemy know. That's why Jesus said, man, don't live by bread alone. 
but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth, mouth of God. We always have to have this word on the inside of us. So we know that Joseph, he went to the palace, but Joseph went through some things before he got to the palace. Y'all, we're going to go through some things. But when we hold on to the word, we know that change have already come, but we're going to end up seeing that change. The change have already come in the spirit, but it have to come from the spirit outwardly. So you know what you have in the spirit. So you got to hold on to what God has said. It's many a times that I could have given up in this church when it looked like people wasn't giving into the church. When I was talked about, when I was ridiculed. And y'all, it was so deadly, I'm going to say this, that if I didn't get my mind right, I would have believed a lie. I'm not lying. The enemy was so cunning. So trick, he, I'm telling you, y'all know y'all been in that place. You know, you ain't done nothing, but you hear people talking. You're like, well, did I do that? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Yeah. They have your mind. I'll give you an example. It's so funny with me and Kim this morning. When Kim was touching me up this morning, thank God for Kim. Y'all, I thank God that God sent me people to help me out when I need help, right? So we sit there and I'm talking to Kim and everything. And after she finished everything, I said, Kim, could you do this right here? And Kim looked at it and she said, well, it looked all right to me. I said, well, and she explained how it was. Now, she's a beautician, right? Check this. She's a beautician. She know how things supposed to be. So I just kept looking at it. And then Kim said, well. Maybe I'll put another one in. I said, see how you change. <laughs> I'm helping somebody. Yeah. She changed just that because she said, well, let me just put another one right in there. You know, because she explained, just explaining how things are. I'm like, okay, okay. Well, if you think that's best. But then in my mind, I'm thinking if I'm on that pulpit and Kim is looking at my hair, she's going to be, dang, I should have done. So I, Kim said, I'm a, I'm a, I say, see how quick you change. So why am I saying that? You can be around a liar so long that they lie so bad that it becomes truth to you and you think they ain't no liar. That's why you got to know the truth. The Bible say when you know the truth, that's when you get set free. Some of us are still in bondage even though we're free. Because we don't know the truth so we're trying to do things to free ourselves when we're no longer under bondage. We're no longer slaves to sin. We're free. So if you don't know what the word of God is saying, you're living up under the law. You're trying to do something to get God to do something. And God said, I have done everything through grace. By grace are you saved through faith and not of yourself. It is the gift of God. So if you're trying to do something to get something, you don't know what God has already done. You're living up under the law. But when you know what God has already done, you're just going to begin to thank him. You're going to begin to glorify him because you know that he is still who he say he is. And his word don't change. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away. He said, but my word is going to remain the same. And see, some people look at me and my husband's life and they'll be like, what they doing? Some people even thought we were selling drugs. I don't even know what drugs smell like. I probably get a high walking in the room and don't even know it's drugs. So Denise is my witness on that one. Somebody sent us to the wrong hotel. And we got in that hotel, y'all, and we up there. And I say, they've been smoking up here. Didn't know what they were smoking. 
Says niece knew what they were smoking. She said, <laughs> she said, Apostle, they up here smoking. What was it, Sister Nee? Weed. I said, Weed? <laughs> I know not about no weed. I was about to get me a high. And I'm going to preach at your conference. Apostle Cross Conference. I'm about to get a contact. Didn't they say you can get a contact and get a high? I'd be just thinking it's the Holy Ghost. Sister Nee said, We got to get out of here. Thank God for a good armor bearer that know the smells that I don't know. See, God got to connect you with people. See, sometimes we look at where we've been, but God will use where you've been for his glory. You got to understand, quit putting yourself down. Quit letting people put you down. Because your change come from the inside, but it got to come from the outside. And people ain't going to see the change until you renew your mind. I want them to see the new life in Christ, not the old me. Y'all, I'm talking about change. Oh, it's going to get deep. So I come against offense right now in the name of Jesus. But you know what? When that offense rise up, say glory. Lord, I thank you. So you can get rid of it. So we see what Joseph went through, right, y'all? Didn't Joseph go through? But didn't change come? Not only for Joseph, but it came for the whole nation, did it not? Joseph was put in a place to save a lot of people. So don't look at your situation like, God, I ain't going to make it. I ain't got enough money. God, I don't know what I'm going to do. No, you look to the hills from which cometh your help because your help cometh from the Lord. It don't matter what your business look like. If God gave you that business, ain't nobody can take it from you. The only thing you need to do is keep glorifying him. Keep giving him glory for what he's already done. It reminds me of Jehoshaphat, y'all. Y'all know Jehoshaphat. He was a king. I think it's 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter. He was a king and he had three armies coming up against Jehoshaphat. Fear came on Jehoshaphat. But the first thing he did, he went into prayer. He went into communication with God. He had all the people to gather together. See, they had to be on one mind and one accord. So as he began to pray at the end of that prayer, he said, God, I don't know what to do. And what else did he say? But my eyes are on you. How many of us in this room have been in a situation that say, God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. See, it takes prayer. Prayer is communing, communication between you and God. You're seeking him with all your heart and you're saying, God, I don't know how I'm going to get through it, but you already know. So God, you the way, the truth, and the life. Let me tell y'all something. When you go to God, you're trusting in him with all your heart. You're leaning not to your own understanding. You're acknowledging him in all your ways. And he shall direct your path. I don't care how much money you got in the bank. Money cannot save you. Then he began to tell me. Jehoshaphat, when he did that. See, God do some things that it seems like foolishness unto some people. God said, I want you to put your, your, your men that, you know, the warriors in the back. And I want you to put some praises in the front. And I just want them to go out and I want them again to praise me. 
God is good and his mercy endured forever. I just want them just to praise me. That's all I want is them to praise me. So Jehoshaphat told them to, to believe in the Lord and to believe in the word of the prophet. Amen. That's what they did. They went out and they began to glorify God. And guess what? When they got where the enemy was, the enemy turned on each other. And they began to destroy each other. I'm here to tell you when you hold on to the word of God and you begin to praise him because you know what he's already done, the enemy is going to destroy his own self. What the enemy meant for harm, God said, I'm turning around and I'm making it for your good. But the only thing you need to do is praise me in the midst of your battle. Give God glory knowing that it's already done. What we do, we sit down, we mumble and complain. We try to figure it out. Y'all, if I sat around and tried to figure out what let me tell y'all something when I checked the bank when I was trying to find a building as I recall it wasn't nothing in it they're going to witness right there we were in the what red yes ma'am because let me tell you I said God now you told me See, that's why you got to hold on to what God give you outside of what your money say. I said, God, first of all, y'all, when he called me off of a job, see, God prepare you for where he's taking you. When he called me off of a job as director, see, when you get high up there, you think you're okay, but I got news for y'all. The higher you get, the more you want. The higher you, and people say that's normal, but if that's not where God is taking you, it ain't normal. The higher you get, the more you require, the more you want. See, some people don't do money right. They get a higher position and they take that money and they spend it instead of laying it aside because you never know what's coming, right? You got to use wisdom in all things. So the higher God took me. I was saved. I was thought I was in a place I needed to be with my father. And the money, higher up, you know, I'm in that position. But then when I got demoted out of that position, the devil was like, let's see if you're going to trust God now. Oh, yeah. Let me see if you're going to trust God now. So in the midst of trusting God, see, God had to take me. He had to break me to make me. I thought I knew God the way I needed to know God. But you really don't know, know him until something happened. You're going to know how much you know him. So when I got in that situation, me and my husband, I said, okay, God, they, they just took the pages, cut it in half. I was ridiculed by the ones that worked with me because they hated me just like, just like Joseph was hated. I helped them and they still was coming against me. And I knew I'd done them no wrong. And I was trying to figure out, like Joseph, what did I do so wrong for you to hate me so much? They wouldn't even hire you with a, with a degree. And God will open a door for you. And you're going to treat me this way? So I began to build up anger. I began to build up animosity. I began to build up strife. And I was turning away from those people. So God had to make me. To break me. 
And in the midst of losing money, in the midst of thinking we were going to lose everything we had, it put me more in front of God instead of in front of my situation. And the more I got before God, y'all seemed like the tougher it got. Seemed like it wasn't, I, we didn't even have enough to buy our child a Happy Meal. Y'all know back then, them Happy Meals was $2. I would have to pass, see, God was breaking pride in me. Something that I didn't think I had. He had to humble me. Now, when your child is hollering for something they used to, and when whatever you do, parents, it affects your children. Whatever happened to you happened to that household. So, I had to pass by these places and couldn't get my child no happy. Oh, I was hurt. But in the midst of the hurt, I still got before God, still talked about, still ridiculed. But I said, God, I'm trusting you. Show me what to do. Show me how to do it. Y'all, in the midst of breaking me to make me, leaving me on a job with my worst enemies, Jennifer can testify. Worst enemies. I prayed for them. Because God told me the things to do in the midst of my enemies. And then the enemy will come to me and tell me how much people hated me. Even had a godly woman going to church hating me. One that I thought I could go to and talk to. She went to the head man, my boss, and say, she's doing too much praying on the job. Christian. Turned against me. But God broke me to make me. He said, I'm going to show you how to use the little that you have. Because I'm going to take little and I'm going to make it much. Come on, y'all better follow me. Because even in the midst of my stuff, God said, you see the glory, but you don't know the story. And it's not like I didn't have people I could go to, but God said, I want you to trust me. I'm going to show you how to use little. God showed me how to use little. He showed me what he wanted me to do and how to do it when it came to the church. Y'all, banks did not really want to give churches loans. And one person told me, if you go to that bank, they're not going to give you a loan. They wouldn't even give us a loan for a bus. I said, okay. So I skipped that bank, the bank we deal with. But then God, I talked to this other man, Jennifer knew. He had the audacity to say, if it's not someone on your board that got Perfect credit. Ain't no use to me coming down there talking to you. Let me tell y'all something. As my grandchild say. I hung up the phone and I said, Lord, if you're not my co-signer, then nobody co sign I said, because you know what I need. And then God said, I want you to go back to your bank, huh? God, they said they won't give them a, nobody a van. And we need this big loan. So how about God said, go back there. Had the paperwork made up, told me what to put in the paperwork. I'm going to tell y'all, long story short, some of y'all know it. When you follow God and stop looking at what you have, God said, I don't want you to base it on what you have. I can change people's hearts on your behalf. They told us that we needed $20,000 in order to get a loan. We didn't have that. This bank, when I went to them, she said, Miss Brown, I'll let you know Monday. She said, I'll get back with you. We backed up. How God is so good. He showed me a dream. And in the dream, he showed me this very building. Showed me what was wrong with it and showed me the keys going in my hand. He said, now I want you to call the bank. 
I called the bank and she told me, she said, first of all, Ms. Bryant, who did your paperwork? I said, oh, Lord Jesus, I done messed up. I done threw stuff in this paperwork in my mind. She said, that paperwork is excellent. See, when you do what God tells you to do, you don't have to be an accountant. You don't have to be some big person. You just hear in the spirit of God. Then she said, I'm going to check, but like I said, we're behind. She checked it, and she said, Miss Bryant, you've been approved. I said, I have. I said, how much money I got to put down? She said, we approve you for 100%. Change. Some of y'all that know business would say, I don't believe that. You can believe whatever you want. God did that thing. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. Because I took me out of it. And I heard God and I did what God told me to do. Then the administrative building over there, Evangelist Newton and Deacon Rick, no. God said, draw it out. Y'all ain't no architect. I don't know how to draw nothing. I sat there and drew out the plan. So when you walk in that building, that's what I drew out. And that's what I told them I wanted. But these people got mad at us. Is that not right, Evangelist Newton? Tried to take more money from us than they supposed to. And the Lord showed it to me. So we're going to have a meeting with these people, a meet and greet. I'm talking about change still. We sitting over there, that man turned just as red as a firecracker. I said, no, you owe me some money. And we didn't leave there until he gave us, I think it was about 10000 or something he had to put back. Yes, he did. Had to put it back. Why? Because when you hear the spirit of the Lord, change come. Why am I saying these things? Some of y'all are looking for more. But you don't know how to use what you got. So how can God give you more when you ain't taking what he has given you to be a faithful steward? You're looking for more and you ain't doing right with what you have. God will take little. It's in the Bible. He will make it much. He took two fish and five loaves of bread. He fed 5,000 what? Women and children, but it was more than that that was there. So how do you say, I need more? You got to line up with this word. Me and my husband are living witnesses. Y'all, I didn't get the car that I wanted until I come off the job. And I'm like, God, what's up with this? I wanted my Cadillac and I was working. Had money, couldn't get it. Then went on the lot one day and God said, uh, Ask that man about that car right there. I'm like, what's the point of asking him? You know, I don't have to ask. We drove off the lot with the Cadillac. Change came. Why? Because we walk by faith and not by sight. Everything that we need, God say, trust me in it. That's when change come. When you trust me and not trust in yourself, man will fail you. Then God reminded me, 2 Kings, the 7th chapter, is talking about when there was a famine in the land. They were eating dung, y'all, selling dung. Eating babies, killing babies, and eating babies. It was three lepers that was outside of the city. Because they couldn't come in the city because they were lepers. They said, we can stay outside the city and die. Or we can go inside the city and still die. Or we can go into the camp of the enemy and still die. We're going to have to make a choice on what we do, right? So what did they choose? They went to the enemy's camp. 
And when they went to the enemy camp, God had already cleared the camp and they had already left substance for them, for them to eat and for the others to eat. What am I saying? When you hear God, change will come. No matter what you in the midst of, quit looking at you. It ain't about you. It's about what Jesus done on your behalf. See what your benefits are. Once you see what your benefits are, start using them. And this does not happen overnight. So how do I get change to come? By studying the word of God. By meditating on the word of God. Y'all remember Joshua? He was up under Moses. He watched Moses. But when Moses died, the first thing that God told Joshua, and I believe he told Joshua this because he was thinking this. He said, Joshua, Moses is dead. He said, you're going to take these people over. So he said, this is how you're going to do it. He said, you're going to, let me go there. He said, the book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. You know what we're doing with that verse? We're working that verse from the bottom up. We're trying to have good success without the word. We're trying to find things to do to get stuff outside of the word and it's not going to work. He told Joshua, you got to keep that word. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate in it day and night. Come on. Some people say, now how how am I going to meditate in the word day and night? And I'm working eight hours a day. Oh, I'm working 12 hours a day. How in the world I'm going to do that? I'll give you an example. You worry about your money and you meditate on that. Lord, I ain't got this money. Lord, how am I going to get this money? Lord, where am I going to get this money from? Lord, if my bills get behind, Lord, they're going to end up taking something. Lord, I don't want them to take nothing. You meditating on that 24-7. So... You can meditate on the word of God the same way. God, you told me to meditate on your word day and night. You told me to observe to do all what's written therein. You told me, God, that I will prosper and I would have good success. You told me not to let this word depart from my mouth. So, Lord, I thank you that I have more than enough to do what I need to do. So throughout my day, Lord, I thank you I have more than enough to do what I need to do. God, you said if I give, you shall give it unto me. Give back unto me good measures, pressed down, running over, shall men give unto my bosom. So, Lord, I just thank you. So, Lord, you said that if I meditate, see, throughout the day, I'm meditating. I'm focusing on what he said, not what the bills look like. I'm focusing on what the word said, not what my body feels like. Even though my body may be going through changes. God, you said by your Jesus stripes, I was healed. God, it was one man that took stripes on his back for me. And he took too many stripes for me to be going through in my body. So you sent your word and you said you healed me and you delivered me from my destruction. So body, I command you to be healed in Jesus name. I thank you, Father, that I am the healed of the Lord outside of how I feel outside of what it looked like I am healed not going to be healed I was healed over 2,000 years ago healing belongs to me today so Lord I thank you for what's already mine 
How many gets presents on Christmas and don't open the box? How many? How many wait on presents that people say they're going to get you and you know you already got them before you receive them? Because you trust that person. Come on, we got to take the word for what it is. If you want change in your life, if you want your marriage to change, get into the word of God and speak those things that be not as though they were. If you want to change coming to your children, you say, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. God, you say, when I get saved, you will save the whole house. If you want change to come, speak the word. Start talking to your bills and say, bills, you are paid. And you're paid in full. How do I know you're paid? Because I'm a giver. And God said, if I give, it shall be given unto me. I have more than enough to do what I need to do in this house. What the devil want, he wants you to do more for the world than for God. So he's going to give you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to keep you from doing what you need to do for the Lord. Y'all, I've been off my job for 23 years. And the Lord God Almighty, El Shaddai. It's taking care of me and my husband. And God had the audacity. Now you would think now, he's going to say come off when the children are at an age that they need stuff. Come on, somebody. God wants you to trust him right where you are. And when he told me to come off, I trusted him so much. I left everything and say, God, I'm trusting you because you told me to do this. And God ain't missed a beat. Have we had ups and downs? Yes, ma'am, we had ups and downs. But through all the ups and downs, we still stood on what God said. Because as for me and my house, we were determined that we're going to serve the Lord. So we can't look to man to do this. God is the one that turns people's hearts towards this ministry. God know what we need and when we need it. That's why I can't press into stuff God ain't told me to press into. I have to learn to wait on the Lord. And I have to learn to be of a good courage while I'm waiting on the Lord. Because God has shown me what's yet to come. But he prepares you for that. So God want to encourage you today. In order for change to come, your mind got to be renewed. And this is one I got to say. If you want change in your life, have you ever said to yourself, what's wrong with me? I believe all of us have said that in this room. What's wrong with me? Why I keep doing the same thing? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with you is your mind ain't been renewed. The word, the seed, the word of God is your seed. Let me, let me help y'all with something. I believe I got a gentleman in here that can help me with this, dealing with seed. When you take a seed, now in the beginning, when God was creating everything, he created the earth to bring forth. Whatever seed go in that earth, that's what's going to come out of that earth. Because he created the earth to bring forth whatever seed. The seed need the earth. To bring forth. Have y'all noticed that in yards sometimes you see some awkward looking grass. It's some seed that was planted there amongst some other seed that shouldn't have been planted there. And it's coming up through that. And you're saying, what in the world? How'd you get here? 
So it takes the earth to bring forth seed. And this is what happened. When you put that seed in that earth, you don't know how it's going to work. You're just looking for the harvest. Is that not right? You're looking for it to bring forth. So let me give you a nugget when it comes to the word of God. The word is your seed. The seed is planted in your heart. The heart was created to bring forth the seed that you planted out of your mouth. But that seed has to stay in your heart until it's time for that seed to come up and out. And how does it stay there? By you meditating. By you guarding your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Whatever seed you plant in your heart is what's going to come out of your mouth. If you plant in seeds of discord, that's what's coming out of your mouth. People know that you're stirring up discord amongst the people. That's one sin out of the six or seven that God hates. The sin of discord. If you're angry, it's because you planted some seeds of anger. And those seeds have deep roots. So in order for those set seed to come out, see, that's the fruit that you're bringing forth. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speak. Whatever seed you sow is what you're going to reap. If you sow discord, you're going to reap discord. If you sow love, you're going to reap love. So if you want to get rid of what you've been going through for years, I double dog dare you to sow the word of God. And it will root up that stuff because if you get the word, which is the seed, on anger, the Bible says, be slow to speak, quick to hear, quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, quick to hear. If you get, be angry. If you get scriptures dealing with anger and you begin to meditate on them day and night, a soft answer turns away, but grievous words stir up anger. Say it again. Soft words turn away, but grievous words stir up. They're going to stir up wrath. They're going to stir up anger. So if you got that in you, when somebody come at you wrongly, You're going to give them a soft answer and change is going to come. I know who been where by your answers. And sometimes this is what we do. Thank you, Holy Ghost. We try to act calm to be calm, but we ain't calm. I'm going to say it again. We try to act calm to be calm, but we ain't calm. We're ready to blow you out. <laughs> Give you an example. Okay, Apostle. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You all right, Apostle? Mm-hmm. Well, you don't look all right. Could we talk about it? Well, I apologize if I've done something. You know what you said. Didn't the Bible say don't provoke me to wrath? 
You're a provoker. That's what she is. Hey, you know me. I done been there, done done that with this man. This man done been there and done that with me. And that's why I have to stay before Jesus. I say, nobody make me madder than my husband. Jesus, <laughs> take me near the cross. Hold the blood of Jesus. Precious blood. Of the land, shut up. Oh, the blood, shut up, shut up, shut up, pop. Of Jesus, it will never hush his power. Y'all know what I mean, right? Did anybody know what I mean? And then. After you think you got it all figured out and you all calmed down and didn't go into the word. Honey, I, I, I'm so sorry. That's, that's just not, that, that, that just wasn't right. You, you felt like you humbled yourself and you went in humility. And then that devil, I ain't talking to him, got to come back. Well, if you just would have lit. I got me a new dance now. Stomp on the devil's head. What you gonna do? Stomp on my husband's head. What you gonna do? Then, when I calm down for real, someone turn with me to Ephesians. Do y'all hear me this morning, this afternoon? I, Turn with me, church, to Ephesians, the sixth chapter, and let's hear what it says. It says, oh, yes, it says. What does it say, y'all? Y'all know where I'm going. It's telling me, y'all. It says, finally, my brother and I. Let me stop that. Finally, Amanda. 10, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And don't forget, Amanda, you ain't fighting against your husband. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spirits of hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Come on, when you got the word in you, the Holy Spirit is going to remind you, bring to your remembrance what you have put in. And that's going to bring a calmness. And the more you get in it, the more peace you have, even if your spouse, y'all ain't like that with us. That's an example. Even if your sometimes it was, even if your spouse... Stir you up. The word of God is going to come up and come out of you and you're going to have peace. But it takes time. You have to get into the word for the word to get into you. The word has to take root and that's when change comes. That's when your spirit is connecting to your soul and it's coming out to your body and you're living according to the word and not according to how you feel. Y'all, you're going to be hurt in this day and time. Family's going to hurt you. 
Loved one's going to hurt you. Husband's going to hurt you. Wife's going to hurt you. But it's how you deal with that hurt. And you deal with it through the word of God. Amen. So if you want change, change comes through the renewing of your mind. Planting the word of God in your heart. And don't dig it up. See, the devil come and snatch that word. Before that word take root, you're trying to get yourself together. And then that devil use that husband or that wife or a family member to come and snatch it just that quick. So that's why you have to guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. So if you want change and you're tired of being in the same situation or doing the same thing, if you want more money, the Bible said it is God who gives you the power to get wealth. So you need to seek him while he can be found in every given situation. And when you do, when things come up, you can have peace and more peace and more peace. Not as the world gives it to you. The God kind of peace helps you through a storm. The world kind of peace is waiting for the storm to get over before you have peace. So we want to make sure we're in the right place. So if you want change... If you want things to be different, you need to get into the word of God and renew your mind daily. Not just when you get in trouble, y'all. That's not enough time. You got to prepare yourself before anything comes for healing, prosperity, deliverance. You got to stay before the word of God. Don't wait till it come. And then when it seems like nothing is happening, you're saying it don't work. You want to get in here every day so when something comes, you can pop that medication. He got it. It's all over the word of God. And y'all, I'm here to tell you, it works. It has brought me and my husband a long way with the church, with our children. Y'all know our testimonies. With our daughter, she went to a school that cost a lot of money. Amen, Brother Terry and, and Sister Sonia. But she come out of that school and didn't owe nobody nothing. Not a dime. You know why? Because we trusted God. We trusted God. Even buying her grocery, I can't even count when I bought her grocery. We spent gas to go up there. But I'm telling y'all, God is good. When you trust him, change will come. Y'all quit having these pity parties. Quit telling God about your storm and start speaking to the storm. God said, I've given you what you need to get through the storm. Use it. It's my word. Just because something don't look right in your house, I gave you power to bring change to your house. Speak to those situations. Speak to that mountain. You got to get up out of here. You don't belong here. Who gave you the right to come in here? Speak to your money and say, you're going to multiply. I'm obeying God's word. So if I'm obeying his word, you got to do what God says. Do it is his word. He's not man that he should lie. He's not going to change his mind. God don't. Why do we change our mind? Because we don't trust God the way we need to. The more you get into the word, the more you're going to have faith in God and in what God said outside of what it appeared to be. Amen. God has not given up on us. So why are we giving up on God? Look at your neighbor and say, change has already come. Say, I'm going to tap into what's already come so I can live according to what I already have.
Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. God is so good, isn't he? Could we have, um, do we have any visitors that would like to stand at this time? Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the donation tab. God bless you, and we will see you next week.